We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, next in our position review is linebacker. Again, a group that, for the most part, pretty healthy. They obviously dealt with Anthony Walker late in the season, losing him. But for a team that plays two almost all the time, was working in personnel groupings for just one, I was encouraged by you know, the direction of JOK, encouraged by the direction of uh, Taki Taki, although a little bit underwhelming at times. But think that they're at least in a decent place here. So uh, JOK plays 17 games, uh, 802 snaps to lead the position group. He uh, grades relatively well. He ends up with 18 pressures. Uh, he ends up with four sacks, 13 hurries, 61 stop tackles, which is very promising. And his missed tackle rate was at 12.7%. So not awful considering the amount of times he finds himself in front of the football, right? So, I think JOK took a lot of positive steps. The second most active linebacker is Taki Taki playing Mike. He was doing that role, staying on the field, and then eventually late in the season, JOK overtook him as the single linebacker on the field. 608 snaps, including nine pressures, one sack, seven hurries, 50 uh, uh, 50 solo tackles. He had 24 stop tackles. And then he graded out relatively well, 70 across the board is his defensive grade. Uh, Anthony Walker played in 12 games, 454 snaps, 71.1. Uh, a total of four pressures, uh, a couple quarterback hurries, a couple hits. He had 30 solo tackles, 16 stops. And then guys who sort of cleaned up were around uh, the Sam linebacker position sort of went to Tony Fields by the end of the year, 17 snaps, 250, sorry, 17 games, 253 snaps, a couple pressures. He ended up with 15 solo tackles and seven stop tackles. Matt Adams was out there more special teams based, but was active in 10 games. Uh, got in the field for 96 defensive snaps. Obviously not very much production, four tackles, one stop tackle. Jordan Kanasich late in the year came back four tack or sorry, four games, 60 snaps. He ended up with four tackles. Mahmoud Diabate had six games uh, on the field as a linebacker. These guys played more, obviously, as a part of special teams, but got on the field six games, only 26 snaps. He ended up with, uh, I don't think he got it a solo tackle, but three assisted tackles. So you're talking about JOK, uh, Taki Taki, Anthony Walker, and then Tony Fields. Those were your four linebackers. Uh, I think that JOK's emergence really helps this this group collectively. 
Taki Taki and Walker playing the cheap role of like the secondary linebacker, which is what that turned into. The Browns were trying to make Walker and Taki Taki like the primary linebacker at times early in the year. And that's what they did last year. And I think the shift to JOK being the primary backer in terms of taking over play calling, all of those important roles that come with being on the field more often than anyone else. I think it's a promising thing for JOK. I would give the group who I thought helped more than hurt this year a B minus largely driven by JOK, you could still get immensely better. I definitely think they can improve, maybe take a shot on a young up-and-coming, like rehabilitated Jordan Brooks type. We'll talk about this in a little bit. I think there's room to improve that second linebacker position if they want to be like a a non-snap dominant Mike linebacker, more of like a run game thumper. um, There's opportunity there. So uh, I I think I feel pretty good about a B-minus for that group. I think B is the right Great. I, I'm so excited about JOK that I'm maybe a little more bullish that I would lean into like a B or a B plus. This group is never going to be an A because they don't want they don't want or need them to play as like the most meaningful players on the on the defensive side of the ball. It's there's the you know, it was so interesting to watch Baltimore and Cleveland all season because they were the best defenses in the league and the way they get there is so different. And the linebackers are such a great example of that. They pay Roquan Smith so much money. They're probably about to fork over a bunch for Patrick Queen or know they're going to lose him to Seattle, right? And the Browns, meanwhile, have found one guy that they basically want to be their linebacker. That's that's their that's their system. So uh, they, there's other role players. It's a lot like when we talked about the defensive tackle room. There's guys that have roles, and they might just keep coming back year after year like an Anthony Walker, even though he's only got a one-year deal. They're never going to commit to him. They're never going to say, "This is, here's a five-year contract, but there's not a reason necessarily why you wouldn't want Anthony Walker back in future years, but he's just not a difference maker. The fact, though, that JOK did really emerge as a difference maker, sort of almost in in defiance of their organizational philosophy, is so exciting for what it allows the defense to do. And I think he beca- he becomes sort of a, a really interesting bellwether player for this defense going forward because he's obviously very, a, a, an impactful player that matters a lot to how this team plays. And they organizationally value linebacker less than every other position on the defense, I think. So how those two things come together will be interesting to continue to watch. But as far as far as the 23 season, I think it's I have it as a B plus because we sat in August talking about what this linebacker room would be and the biggest question mark was can JOK stay on the field and can he finally deliver on the promise that had them trading up for him a few years ago. The answers to those questions were yes. And I think he probably did more even than our most optimistic expectations for what he could do in terms of the number of disruptive plays per game. So I think that it's just a huge win for finding value in the second round, finding an organizational keystone for years to come. And I think JOK is the defense's Nick Chubb. Yeah. It, it breaks what the what the Browns maybe want to do organizationally, philosophically, but they're willing to be flexible for truly different players. And I think he has proven this year that he is one of those, which is so exciting to me. Yeah, his his emergence and like finally hearing them vocalize the trust in him and that emergence late in the year from Schwartz was really neat to see because you can use him so uniquely and they did. 
They'd bring him off the edge. They'd let him sit and curl flat. They'd drop him as a middle defender. They would obviously let him be an inside stump player. I mean, it's not something to scoff at when he has, not only does he have 18 pressures, he gets four sacks, 61 stop tackles. So you're talking about insane production up near the line of scrimmage. And then he comes away with two pass breaks, uh, break, breakups and a couple interceptions. So it's not like the coverage wasn't good either. So he's a very well-rounded player who we know they drafted young. So we think he's got a chance to continue to get better, especially like we have talked about the difference in how teams approach defense. JOK in a structure that is like, again, the, the way they label it as a fix-it role where he can be a little bit more free reign to what he's doing and be able to use the athletic traits to launch into his best lean into really his best, you know, abilities on the football field, less rigid. I think it really benefits him a lot. The question is, as we look at who stays and who leaves is, do you think that they will run it back with talkie talkie cheap? Or do you think like the Anthony Walker talkie talkie duo is, is twofold question here. Andrew is, is it good enough? Um, and, and, and do you think that they'll do it again? So that's the the big thing here. And then I guess the big question we should also approach is, when do you start talking to JOK about an extension? Because, you know, we're talking he was a second-round pick, and this is, if, if I remember correctly here, it's going to be his fourth year. This offseason feels like a time that you start at least having some of those conversations to figure out if there's a long-term future here. Because to your point, I mean, it feels like, He's a focal point of the NFL showing up in their commercials this offseason, right? Like, I think that he is a really nice fixture on your franchise and a very mature individual, too. If you listen to him talk, he gives a great quote and he's a deep thinker. And uh, it feels like first, let's address the JOK question. Do you expect an extension? Because the Browns have not let a talented player walk. You and I had conversations about Grant Delpit potentially being the first and they re-signed him, right? They well. An extension or a resign? It was an extension, right? Extension, yeah. So we're talking about the same thing with JOK. I don't see how you can let him leave with the state of your linebacker position and feel comfortable with that, considering that you've been down picks for this long. So I hope they figure out a path here. Are you on that? Or do you believe that they'll stand their ground and and say, hey, man, we're we're not paying a linebacker. We'll draft another one. No, I don't think that. I, I think the one thing this organization has proven is that they understand one way to build culture is to keep and pay homegrown talent, right? That David Njoku was sort of the first drop in that bucket, so to speak, and that has paid off for them immensely in terms of a young player that had not shown yet what they thought he could show, and over time they they believed he would make that contract worth it. That's not exactly the same arc for JOK because he has he has shown a lot more earlier in his career than Najoku did. But I think philosophically, it's clear that the organization understands in football, one of the ways that you develop team chemistry is by drafting players who become good players and then you pay them because they are good players. And if you let position start to dictate which players deserve to get paid, that will interrupt the culture building process because you're letting talented players walk out the door. And I I think they understand that. I think part of that's part of, if you go all the way back to the sort of the draft philosophy, that's part of the reason why their high rated draft picks, their first and second rounders will often be premium positions so that they don't put themselves in this position, right? Like you're not in this, not in the position of having to hand Sione Taki Taki, $20 million guaranteed, 
I mean, they didn't draft him, but he was a third round draft pick. If he walks and finds, wants to go someplace else, finds a million dollars more in wherever, Arizona or something, right? The Browns won't be out much. But if JOK, they let JOK get to free agency and he gets a payday from a team in the NFC and then comes back to Cleveland and haunts them or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. that is a direct hit to the type of organization you're trying to build. So they understand that. And I think that's more important to them than the sort of positional value stuff, especially because he is a player that they put their necks on the line a little bit for in terms of trading up for him, selecting him, a player that was in a little bit of a free fall. I think it's worth remembering that Jeremiah Usukormo was expected to be a first-round player, a first-round draft pick, and he was a little bit positionless coming out of Notre Dame, and as a result, became available to the Browns in a spot they didn't think they'd be able to get him. So yeah. that is part of this story, too. The 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 bet that they made on him has paid off, and I think that it makes all the sense in the world to want to cons- continue to see that happen in Cleveland rather than somewhere else. So that's my answer to that question. Yeah, it's it's the rare time that they take a position, a player. You have to be a special player. Now, the thing that is a bit of a bummer here is we haven't had enough Andrew Barry first round picks yet to gather the evidence, and really second round. Like we're talking about them multiple multiple times trading out of their second rounder to to get more. I wish we had more uh, evidence of them doing these sorts of things because they talk about having guidelines, but then they've talked many times, as you know, Andrew about. We will move off of those. We will not live by those. So it's like, would they take a linebacker they loved in the first round, right? Like they thought about it. They were very vocal about this was a guy that we thought about taking in the first round, right? Like they were at the Newsom selection picking which route they wanted to go when they went to when they went to Newsom. And I'm sure that the tilt was a positional importance. But again, not every draft is the same and there's not always a corner sitting there at 26. So like, would they have taken him at 26 in that draft? That's, that's what's interesting to me. So we're not far away. We're another year away. They'll get back into the first round, second round pick evidence uh, market again. But to me, I'm at least interested in whether they stick to that in the long term based on uh, some of the quotes they give, but yeah, JOK being the special one to rise up and then him turning into what he's turned into is extremely promising. And I hope that uh, to the point we're both making here that they find a way to have some sort of long-term marriage between everybody here, because I think it would be, you know, really good for how Schwartz likes to organize his defense. And I think good for the locker room uh, as well, just the type of guy that he is. And again, showing that they'll pay the homegrown guys, right? That's important too. So uh, let's, um, let's talk though about the secondary role, right? They're not playing a ton of three linebacker that's fading away from the NFL as we know it in general. So we don't need to spend a ton of time there, but I guess we talked yesterday about Jordan Elliott with the defensive line stuff. We're talking about, you know, should we be having more discussions about them just running it back with this player? Right. Is, is there a belief you think that they're just, they're good enough as it is to, say hey we'll just play Taki and Walker and split those guys up and keep one of them healthy and they'll be good enough or do you think that there should be some sort of focused interest on trying to draft a guy or sign some different version of this player which we can talk about in a minute in free agency we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is one I really struggle with because I don't, I think, I have a little bit of a question in my mind, Jake, of like what they want from the linebackers. I, I think that We've seen what they, what they did last year, mm-hmm. but I I'm curious if they do want a little bit. Schwartz does want a little bit more sort of speed and athleticism there than what they have currently. Uh, just in terms of that second level blitz piece, and and then also being able to to kind of cover up mistakes. And I think there were times this year where you saw it's it's not unexpected, but you would see 
talky talky one-on-one in space against a, a back or a tight end or something. And he just, he can't keep up. He can't hang because of just limited foot speed. So no. do they want a sort of complementary piece, a, an, a more athletic, but still somehow cheap linebacker to go next to JOK long-term? I think that's a possibility. I, I, I think really I do. would prefer that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of running my course here on talking Anthony Walker. I think that they're fine. I think Walker clearly lost his step this year. And I just think that the ceiling of Taki Taki is limited. Do you want him back as your depth linebacker if it's cheap? Yeah, that's probably fine. But I'd prefer to chase something a little bit better. And I don't think like just because of the way that the market sort of sets up here, I think you can still get an improved player without breaking the bank. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to crush your your organization here to go out and get a linebacker in free agency that can that can play better than what's in house but also not you know be overly expensive so let's um let's let's talk through it i mean here's here's the guys that are available in free agency so frankie louvu is available probably not a name many people are familiar with but a nice a nice player in carolina for a while now three straight seasons they're giving him a three-year 30 million projection so that's probably above what the Browns would pay, but a, but a nice player. Levante David, the veteran, if he wanted to come north, I would welcome him with open arms. One year, five million is what they're projecting. Feels like he goes back to Tampa, just been playing there for a while. Patrick Queen is their third-ranked backer. They're giving him a four years, 18 per year projection, Andrew. So that's spicy. Four years, right? 72 and a half million. For, for a player that before Mike McDonald showed up there was one of the more gettable linebackers. I mean, his PFF grade in 21 was 43. Yeah, he, he was rough. He did get better, to your point. So maybe McDonald loves him and tries to keep that relationship going. The guy, if they do that, the guy who leaves Seattle is Jordan Brooks, a young backer who is an interesting projection. Three years, 12 million a year, 36 total. I don't know that he gets that much. Um, based on the inconsistency and the injury history that he has here, I feel like he's a one-year player. I think every year I feel like PFF does a really nice job projecting these contracts. I feel like there was David Long last year was a guy they projected to get multiple years and got like a one-year $7 million type deal. So that's that's where I think Jordan Brooks is going to be a little closer to, uh, if I'm being honest. Then Aziz Alshair is available. Again, a guy with Tennessee last year who came over from San Francisco. I would be interested in him three years, six and three quarters. You're talking about uh, just under $7 million a year. So three years, 20 and a quarter, total 11 and a half guaranteed. That's a, that's a fine contract. I don't think that that's going to hurt you all too bad. The other one is like taking a swing on Devin White, who just turned 26. Obviously has not been up to par in Tampa for the recent run, but if you're taking – one-year flyers on can this guy come into this defensive structure which is different and find some success interested very athletic Josie Jewell is in the, is the next name and I'll just read the last few Blake Cashman Drew Tranquil Jordan Hicks who's a little bit older in the 31 but like those guys uh, between Jewell Cashman and like Tranquil they're all kind of right 29 area yeah are those guys any different I mean Oren Burks is well, sitting the, out the- there it's the next two that I actually would be interested in. It's yeah. it's Willie Gay and Tyrell Dodson are yeah. are the names that I'm interested in because of the athleticism. Those are both r- relatively smaller players compared to like a Sioni Taki Taki, but 
and uh, successful players, and they have they have played at the high, at a high level. I think we everybody's yep. watched Willie Gay do what he's done in Kansas City. Tyrell Dodson is a less well known player, but played really well down the stretch for the Bills. I think it's likely he sticks in Buffalo, but they've got cap issues. So I, I think either of those players, a sort of young player that you could maybe get for cheap and do not quite the Ethan Posich deal in terms of money, but that's sort of a length where you're committed for two years, but you're not locked in for a long time. I, I like the idea of pairing somebody with JOK that that provides them sort of two linebackers, both guys that can tackle, but guys that can move in space. I think I think what you said about getting a little bit tired of the limited athleticism feels very true to me. And I think it's something that you have seen multiple teams exploit throughout the 23 season, whether it's quarterback run game, some of the motion stuff that the fact that there are linebackers often on the field for the Browns that cannot really cover feels really anachronistic in this decade and this year of the NFL. Right. So I would prefer a little bit of modernization there where they get away from the guys that have to really play at the line of scrimmage and, and, prefer guys that can play in space, but we'll see if they embark on that journey. Draft guys that I have heard people love Peyton Wilson out of North Carolina state ranked 33rd on their big board. Edrin Cooper is a, an interesting 22 year old player out of Texas A&M 6'3", 230. I should mention Peyton Wilson, 6'4", 238. really highly graded guys. A lot of folks love junior Colson from Michigan, uh, 21 years old. 6'3", 247, can really run. I'm really interested in Colson. Jeremiah Trotter, obviously a legacy there with uh, his father. So he just turned 21, 6'2", 230, a little smaller. Uh, and then Tommy Eichenberg is kind of hanging in there too. Again, he's 23. He's going to go later in the draft, but an interesting Sam linebacker type if you're trying to replace that role maybe in the later rounds. So it's not a deep linebacker class. There's probably... Between Trotter, Colson, Cooper, and Wilson, those are your like second to third round day two guys who I project. I don't think there's going to be a first round guy like we saw Jack Campbell last year. Don't think that guy's on the board, but those four are really, really interesting talents if you're in the day two, day three. But I don't think the Browns are going to do it because they only have two picks between right. 54 and 88. So I, I think that like you're signing somebody, like we mentioned there, uh, and then and then maybe drafting somebody late like an Eichenberg or someone of that J.D. Bertrand type or Michael Barrett, the Michigan kid, another Michigan backer, a little older, but doesn't matter because can this guy just step on the field as a late-round pick and find the roster, right? So, um, yeah, that that's where I think. I think it's a draft pick of some kind, Andrew, probably later, and I think they signed somebody as well. And I, I, I would not – I would personally be okay moving on from Walker and Taki Taki, but um, – if there's some super cheap deal for Taki, I, I don't think it's impossible that he comes back. I agreed. I agreed. And I also think that it's interesting if any of the young talents, because they have the two undrafted free agents from last year yep. that I think we both liked in preseason. Yeah. Didn't really see any of Diabati other than the special teams during the season, or maybe a little bit in that Cincinnati game. But I think both of those guys had a little bit of what I'm talking about, that that open field ability. And then when they showed up, they showed up pretty violently. So mm-hmm. That feels more similar to what JOK does. I I think those guys could be around in terms of special teams depth pieces as well. Uh, but I, I do think it's worth sort of the big picture reminder here in the league, much like 
the halfback position, the linebacker position just continues to get devalued. You mentioned probably there's not going to be a first round linebacker taken. Similarly with how they get paid. You you, you uh, talked about David Long last year. They think he's going to be a $20 million guaranteed player and he ends up signing a one-year deal with Miami. So I think there is the the validity to wondering if the Browns are able to kind of wait this market out because they don't have a a screaming need because JOK can has proven he can play pretty much never leave the field, I guess is the way to say it. Mm-hmm. Could they wait a little bit to find their second guy at a discount? And and but that second player could be a little bit of a difference maker too, but you're getting him at a discount because it's the the position is being devalued similarly in some areas. Some some NFL teams, I mentioned the Ravens, really love linebackers, but a lot of teams are not paying them in, in a similar way to how halfbacks aren't getting paid. I'm with you, man. I uh, think if they're going to wait and maybe not be in a rush to sign someone early, that's a position of intrigue. You talked about defensive tackle. That's another spot that could happen. Could play the cheap market on on edge too, right? We've seen we've seen many teams get away with doing the cheaper edge route. So that's another one. There's a lot of options here on the defensive side where they don't have to be in a hurry to make some of these things happen. And again, I I I don't know, Andrew. I'm kind of really getting into free agency thought now, but like feels to me they could be a team that cleans up in the second or third week of free agency instead of the you're going to see the rush of bigger contracts. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't know that they're going to spend like a $15 million contract. I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't know that they're going to be in the big rush of like early names that come out as far as free agency goes. Unless there's some player that we think gets tagged that doesn't, that they think is – is a cornerstone piece for them that they want to be get super aggressive. I think they leave those options available just like last year they were chasing Javon Hargrave and we thought they were definitely not in the market for a player of that value at mm-hmm. defensive tackle, but they, they were because certain players, as we talked about with GOK, certain players justify breaking the bank. That's how the NFL works. So it's possible if one of those players at wide receiver or at defensive tackle at edge gets available that you didn't think, but generally speaking, I, I do have this feeling that this might be a year where we see them kind of spread things around with more middle to low dollars, but a lot, uh, you know, a relatively larger volume of players to replace some of the guys that are walking out the door. Right on. I think we're seeing it pretty similarly, quite obviously. And then wrapping up with corners, safeties, and specials are 23 reviews. So hopefully you guys are enjoying those. Rate and review the pod if you can on the way out the door. You know, we appreciate you guys stopping by, hanging out with us to listen to some information on your Cleveland Browns. If you can, uh, make sure to check out the OBR website too, where there's always great deals to become a, a member of what we think is a really great Cleveland Browns community. So appreciate you guys. Have a fantastic day. Go Browns. Go Browns.